Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. The Bible reading is from Luke chapter 9 and verses 57 to 62. It's titled, The Cost of Following Jesus. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Okay, so we're continuing in our our series, which is entitled Parables Jesus Told. Uh, those are the, the, the pointed stories, the stories that make a point that Jesus told uh, within Luke's gospel. And so today we're looking at Luke chapter 9 and verses 57 to 62. And you're probably wondering, where was the parable in that passage? Because it wasn't the usual extended story that Jesus normally tells, but there were two parables uh, the, the parable about the, the, the fox and the birds, and then the parable about plowing. And they were both very pointed stories. They're making, you know, the pointed stories, they end up pointing their finger at you, and the point that they're trying to make is about the cost of following Jesus. Now, we're in Luke chapter 9, and that is important, because Luke chapter 9 is a big turning point in Luke's gospel. And we read in Luke chapter 9 and verse 51, it says, As the time approached for him, that's Jesus, to be taken up to heaven. Okay, so the time has come for Jesus to die and to rise from the dead and ascend up into heaven. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Up until this point... Jesus has been living in an area called Galilee, which is up in the north of Israel. He's been living there and ministering there. But now it's time for him to die. Now it's time for for him to, to conquer evil, sin, and death by dying on the cross and then rising again three days later and ascending into heaven so that we can experience forgiveness so that we can be restored to a right relationship with God and ultimately that we can experience eternal life. This is the main reason why Jesus has come. He's come to die. And so now he resolutely sets out for Jerusalem. And from chapter 9 all the way to chapter 19, Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem in order to die. To give his life as a sacrifice so that we can experience forgiveness. Now, Jesus was clearly not a salesperson. Okay, He clearly had not gone or taken the module in marketing and sales. 
Because this is no way to sell yourself. A whole lot of guys come up to him while he's on the road. These three would-be disciples come up to him. And they want to be followers. And he seems so dismissive. He seems to make it so hard for them to join. I mean, imagine a salesperson acting like that. Everyone, you know, the guy comes up and says, Jesus, I want to follow you. And he says, wait, wait, wait. Now think about that. Before you do anything, think about it. Imagine a salesperson doing that. I mean, you wouldn't make any sales. We always want to make it as easy as possible for people to buy in and sign up. So why is Jesus making it so hard for these three would-be disciples that he meets on the road? Well, it's because they don't understand what they're asking. They don't understand what it really means to be a follower of Jesus. So let's look at the first guy, the first would-be disciple that he meets on the road. This guy wants an easy and comfortable life. And so we read in Luke chapter 9 and verse 57, as they were walking along the road, so Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem, and there are a whole crowd following him as he's walking along the road. A man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Wow. Total commitment. Not just, I will follow you which was a technical term for, I want to become your disciple, I want to follow your teachings, I want to imitate your lifestyle. No, I I will follow you wherever you go. Total commitment. This guy has clearly been drawn to Jesus and to the Jesus movement, and he wants in. How does Jesus respond? Will you expect Jesus to say, excellent, welcome, here are the forms, just fill them in. I mean, that's what you expect. But Jesus says, basically says, hold on, are you sure about that? Before you sign up, I want you to know it's not going to be an easy life. Well, he actually, what he says in verse 58 is is these first parable. And he says, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Okay, what does he mean by that? Well, the Son of Man was one of the, the, Jesus' most favorite titles for himself, and it comes from Daniel chapter 7. And in Daniel chapter 7, it refers to, it's describing God's true king, Jesus, and how he, has, how he rules over all people and has power over everyone. And Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem. That's the capital city. That's the king city. That's where the king has his palace. That's where the king rules from. So this guy is thinking, ah, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's going to be enthroned as the king. And when he walks into Jerusalem and everyone is cheering, everyone's waving their palm branches, I want to be standing right next to Jesus. He's in it for the glory. And he has no understanding about what it really means to be a follower of Jesus. And so Jesus tells him this parable in order to tell him that following him is not about having an easy and comfortable life. When he says and uses the phrase, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head, that was a graphic depiction of total rejection. 
You see, everyone else has a home where they're welcomed and accepted. Even foxes and birds have a home. But the Son of Man will be totally rejected. And and Jesus is, is saying to this guy, this king that you want to follow is going to be totally rejected. I am going to be rejected. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. Do you still want to follow me? So often we think, yes, I want to follow Jesus. I want to have an easy and comfortable life. I I want my life to blossom. I want my health to blossom. I want my career to blossom. And with God on my side, how could could anything possibly go wrong? And we think that if we follow Jesus, we're going to have a comfortable and easy life. that, That everything's going to be sorted out. That we're going to have no problems. And we, have, we, we buy into this myth that if we walk with Jesus, everything's going to be great. But Jesus says it's not. Jesus wants to make it clear that if you follow him, it's not going to be an easy and comfortable life. I mean, let's just think about it. We're following a homeless guy who gets betrayed by a friend, who gets falsely accused, and then crucified. This is who we're following. It's not about having an easy life. It's it's the best life. It's the most rewarding life. But it's not easy. It's not about having all your comforts. You see, following Jesus is about denying yourself and following Jesus, following his selfless way of living. We are, by nature, very selfish very selfish and very self-centered. We, we, we like our comforts. We like our security. We want our comforts. We want our security. We want an easy life. Jesus is calling us to a far more rewarding life. A life where we deny ourselves, where we deny our comforts, and we follow His selfless way of living. It's not easy, but it's very rewarding. The second guy, the second guy on the road, he wants his security and his career. And we read in verse 59. He said to another man, follow me. So this guy's also on the road. He's also on the road with Jesus, but he doesn't volunteer. Jesus calls him and invites him to come follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Verse 60, Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. Okay, why is Jesus being so mean to this poor guy? I mean, the guy comes up and says, Jesus, I really want to follow you, but, but you know, can, I, can I bury my dad first? No. What is my dad? Let the dead bury their own dead. What? Really? I mean, why is he being so mean to this guy? Well, over here we need to understand something of the cultural background. The the phrase, bury my father, was a traditional idiom, meaning I'm going to stay at home and take care of my parents until they have died. Okay, so he's not saying his father hasn't just died or he isn't just about to die. 
If his father had just died or was just about to die, he would not be out on the road with Jesus. See, if his father had just died, where would he be? At the funeral. In that culture, there's absolutely no way he would be out on the road. And if his father was on his deathbed and about to die, where would he be? At the bedside. Absolutely no way within that culture is he out on the road. So his father is, is, hasn't just died. He's not on his deathbed. It's a traditional idiom of saying, basically what he's saying to Jesus is, look, I'm totally in for following you, but just not now. When my parents have died, in 10, maybe 20, maybe 30 years from now, then, then I'm totally into following you. And this guy and the next guy, the third guy, they use the same language. They use, but first. Jesus, I want to follow you, but first, let me go do something else. There's something more important. Jesus, I want to follow you, but in second place. I want you to be in second position. I have something more important in my life. My first priority is my life, my studies, my career, my happiness, my comfort, and my security. So how about we make a, a, a negotiate a deal here that you accept second position in my life. I'll follow you, but, but in second place. What about you? What comes first in your life? What's in first place? Well, what was the first place for this guy? Why did he want to stay with his family and stay at home until they died? Well, again, we need to understand something of the cultural background. To stay with his family was to stay with his family business. So if they were farming, it would be to stay with the family farm and to work in the farm, to advance his career, to make sure he gets a big inheritance, because that's how it works. If you stick around and you invest and you get rewarded, you get a big inheritance. So what's most important to this guy, what comes first to this guy is his security and his career. I first want to, to advance my career, get as high up the, the career ladder as I possibly can. I want to make sure I'm, I'm secure, I'm comfortable, I want to make sure I've got that big inheritance check coming in. And, and, uh, and then when everything is sorted, when I've achieved all my goals and done everything I wanted to do, then, Jesus, I'm totally into following you. How about you? Is that what you do? Give the best years of your life to yourself and leave Jesus with the leftovers? Oh, oh Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I just, I just want to finish my studies. As soon as I finish my studies, I just want to, as soon as I've paid off my, my student loan, as soon as I, I start advancing my career, as soon as I get my promotion, oh, as soon as I've paid off the mortgage, as soon as the kids have left, as soon as I've retired, oh, as soon as, and we keep pushing it into some distant future, some time in the, way in the future. Oh, then I'm totally into following you. Once, once, once my life is sorted, everything is in order, uh, every, I'm totally secure, I've got some extra time, extra money, then, then I'm, then I'm going to follow you. Not now, not today, someday. Jesus says no. Today. 
Not someday, today. There's a sense of urgency. Jesus in verse 60, let the dead bury their own dead. Now that's quite a shocking statement. He's referring to the dead by the spiritual dead. Let the spiritually dead, the unbelievers, look after the traditional roles. Take care of your family. Even bury the dead. But you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. There's a sense of urgency. It's as if he's looking at to this guy and he's saying, how many more years are you going to waste? You could be serving the living. Don't blow another week, another month, another year. Today is the day. Come follow me. The third guy, he has divided loyalties. Divided loyalties. And we read in verse 61, still another guy said, I will follow you, Lord, but first. There it is again. But first. I, I want to follow you, but in second place. There's something more important. I, I want to follow you, Lord, but first, let me go and say goodbye to my family. Okay, so what's, what's so wrong? What, what's so bad about saying goodbye to your family? Again, we need to understand something of the cultural background over here. He's not asking to go back and give his father one last fond kiss on the cheek and to listen to his mother's parting words of encouragement. Within that culture, he's wanting to go back and ask for permission. Saying goodbye was asking permission to leave. So you would, in saying goodbye, you would say, with your permission, I'm off to wherever. And the family, particularly the father, would respond, may you go in peace. I give you my blessing. I give you permission. So he's asking for permission. Effectively, what he's saying to Jesus is, look, Jesus, I want to follow you, but the authority of my father is higher than yours. So I need to get his permission before I can follow you. And within the Middle Eastern culture, the, the the father was supreme. He was the head. And Jesus is, is saying something very shocking in response. I mean, how is he going to respond? Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for, the service, fit for service in the kingdom of God. Basically, Jesus is saying no. No, you, 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 you can't go back and ask for permission and get permission and then come follow me. You can't have someone else having first spot, prime loyalty, and I come in a second loyalty. If you're going to follow me, I have to have first place. I have to have your full loyalty. You can't have divided loyalties. I've got to come first. Why is Jesus saying they can't have divided loyalty? This is where the whole plowing parable comes in. Jesus says, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. Okay, so the picture is a guy plowing. Now, we shouldn't be thinking of a modern-day plowing, of a guy sitting in a tractor with air conditioner and iPod and Wi-Fi. Uh, in those days, you would have had a, a donkey or an ox dragging a wooden plow, you had to have your left hand 
on the plow guiding it. And in your right hand, you would normally have a stick to drive the ox or the donkey. And this would take complete concentration. You had to concentrate. If you started looking around and looking back over your shoulder, you, you couldn't plow in a straight line. It would go all crooked. You would, you would plow into previously plowed ground or you would veer off aimlessly into unplowed ground or, or you could possibly plow into a, a rock and break your plow. You're going to make a complete mess of everything. You just can't do it. And it's the same as if we start following Jesus, putting our hand to our, the plow and following Jesus, and then constantly looking back over our shoulder to see, well, have I got my father's approval, my family's approval? Have I got my friend's approval? Have I got society at large's approval? Next thing you'll know, you've made a mess of everything. Oh, Jesus, I've got my hand to the plow. I'm following you. I want to follow you, but, but I'm not sure anymore. I, uh, my, my parents think I've gone crazy for following you. My, my friends are laughing at me behind, behind my back. Uh, I just want to be liked by everyone. I just want to fit in. I'm not sure anymore. You look at your life and you suddenly realize that you, you, it's all crooked. It's all a mess. As soon as Jesus starts leading us forward, we're going to feel pressure, peer pressure, pulling us back. Our old buddies wanting us and trying to persuade us to go and do the stupid things we used to do. Peer pressure from work colleagues to cut corners, to act in an unethical way. Peer pressure to, to laugh at inappropriate jokes that are offensive, sexist, or racist, just so you can fit in with the crowd. Or peer pressure from society at large saying that you should not be religious. What? You go to church? You're a Christian? You believe that stuff? So often when we put our hand to the plow and we start following Jesus, we experience this pressure. We feel this peer pressure pulling us back and we start looking back over our shoulders because we want to be liked by everyone. We want to fit in. And we end up just making a mess. Jesus says, don't look back. Don't look back. You can't have divided loyalties and follow me. You have to follow me wholeheartedly. Why? Because you can't please everyone. You can't please Jesus and please your parents. You can't please Jesus and please your friends. You can't please Jesus and please society at large. You just can't do it. You'll make a mess of everything. Don't have divided loyalties. Put your hand to the plow. Follow Jesus wholeheartedly. If you want to have a great harvest in your life, if you want your life to count for God, if you want to live a life of no regrets, then put your hand to the plow and keep your eyes on Jesus. Following Jesus, it's not easy. It's costly. But it's worth it. It is the most rewarding and rewarding life. But it's not easy. It is costly. 
And when Jesus calls us, he doesn't call us under any illusion. He says it will not be an easy and comfortable life. He says you won't be able to first go and live for yourself and advance your career, make sure you're all secure, and then come follow me. No, you've got to follow me now, today. You can't have divided loyalties. You can't please everyone. You can't look back. You've got to follow me wholeheartedly. Following Jesus isn't easy. It's costly. But it is worth it. And I believe God is calling us to count the cost afresh today. Perhaps you've lost a bit of momentum You've, you've, you've got your hand to the plow, you, but you're starting to look back. You're saying to Jesus, Jesus, I want to follow you, but first. God is calling us to no but first. No divided loyalties, no looking back, no trying to please everyone, but wholeheartedly serving Jesus. It's not easy, but it's worth it. God gave us His best. God gave us His one and only Son. We deserve to give God our best, ourselves, and live for Jesus wholeheartedly. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do want to follow You. We do want to follow Jesus' teaching. We do want to follow His lifestyle. We want to be like Him. But Father, we confess that so often we say, but first. Father, we, we want the comfortable life. We want to follow Jesus, but we want the comfortable life. Help us to trust You. Help us to surrender. Father, we innately are so selfish and self-centered. We want to serve ourselves. We want our comforts. We want our securities. Father, help us to have the confidence and the courage to say, yes, I will follow you. I will trust you. No but first. No divided loyalties. No looking back. But Father, we need your help. Won't you please, by your Holy Spirit, come within us afresh, Empower us and enable us to put our hand to the plow and help us to fix our eyes upon Jesus and keep them upon Jesus. Maybe just spend a few moments before we end just reflecting on your life and think, what is that but first for you? What is that thing you're looking back to? Just in the quietness of your heart, confess that to God and make a fresh commitment to Him to follow Him this morning. Let's just spend a few moments in silence. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your love that even when we are faithless, even when we, we make mistakes and we get it wrong, you don't give up on us. You're continually calling us, leading us forward. And Father, we we pray that you would forgive us for our failings. And we, Father, we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would enable us to move forward and to follow you, to keep our hand on the plow and our eyes on Jesus. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at 
abergavennybaptist.co.uk